2: Happy, happy 24, everybody. Welcome in. If you're just jumping on, if you're just waking up, Rob Ellis, Jack Fritz, uh, hanging out with you in for the WIP morning show of Joe and John and Rhea and James and the entire crew at all, uh, hanging out with you. And So full disclosure, Jack, you and I are doing the post game last night. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously it's a pretty significant game and, and people were irate as they should be, 100% fired up. And you know what? We said to ourselves, uh, you know what? Let, let's jump in there in the morning, man. Yeah. Let, let's do a show. Let's do a live show, and and let's allow people to have the voice to be able to vent their frustration. Because we had such high expectations of the season, and what's happened, how it's devolved into this, is really, really hard, hard to to swallow. Yeah, it, um,
3: we owed it to the people today. It's as simple as that. Is <laughs> is simple as that. And the nice part is. It's like the, the 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 board is just on fire. Yes. It's not like, like people aren't taking New Year's Day off from like the Eagles ruined New Year's Eve. Yes. I mean and they almost ruined Christmas.
2: Christmas was, was close.
3: Christmas you'd be like, all right, they won. Yeah. New Year's Eve they they there I would be surprised if anyone had a, a really great New Year's Eve. Last they, they ruined my birthday. All right. Was your birthday yesterday? Yeah. For Happy my birthday. birthday, man. Yeah, well, what, yeah, what you. what'd you turn? 29. That a guy. I'm old. That a guy. You are cooked. Yeah you, had a, yeah. you had a good run. You had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you had a good run. Well, happy birthday, buddy. I'm sorry the Eagles ruined it. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, not what I wanted. Wait, is your birthday, so your birthday is December 31st? Yeah. So every, good math. Every, you're welcome. Yeah. That's called, that's nice called, nice work out of you. That's called being Sharp and getting two hours of sleep. <laughs> um, is that? Did you enjoy having your birthday on, on New Year's Eve every year? Or did it get yeah, like I, overshadowed? I shadowed. No. I kind of I don't know. Well, Why your voice going up? It sounds like you don't you don't you're lying.
2: No, I, I, I mean there's look there, there's parts of do I, parts I don't know? like. Yeah. All right, relax. <laughs> so there's two tells: when your voice goes up or you scratch your face. Like no no it's, well, it's well, not I'm not that bad. scratching
3: the face. There was yeah, no one. There was no one better. Who was a worse liar? Who's a worse liar? Doug or Sirianni? No. I mean Doug was a. Doug, <laughs>
2: Sirianni. Doug had like a real. Dude, Doug hard. was way worse. No I think Doug, Doug had a hard time lying. <laughs> he was he had a Why? really hard time lying. Yeah. Like seriously, like, his voice shakes. Like listen to him yesterday. But he always, he's always. He's, he's it's never, hard to decipher. He
3: never gives a clear answer. Yeah, you know, it's never like, oh wow, that was. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot. Like Doug, every time he got pressed, you kind of would. Turtle up a little. He bit.
2: was a scratch guy. He'd scratch the face. For Chip sure. Kelly scratched the face too when he lied. Chip was a, a great liar. He was a scratcher. Um, but yeah, Doug. When Doug would
3: get pressed and he'd start getting a little snippy with the media, yeah, nothing better.
2: But I know I do. Like I get it. You know, some people will say you guys take your sports too seriously. That should never ruin your New Year's Eve. Blah blah blah. It, look, people care. Yeah, yeah, people went down there. They tailgate I'm sure they had fun, but they tailgate. They want to go to the game. They want to have something. You know, something to enjoy. And then it ends in that. And you're just kind of walking out of there like.
3: Damn. Yeah. Well and it's really kind of been you know, this year I've been trying to like put my, my finger on it, um as to, you know, what's kinda of going on with this with this team. And it kind of just feels like they are they're just so tense. And I think that's a lot of the, the weight of the expectations of the city um you know and like the the, the, the pure tension that, that i think this team has had like they didn't look like they've been having any fun and you think about 17 like 17 was was they were dancing all the time right last year they were, they were grittying and then jalen was involved and this that and whatever you're not seeing this team have any fun this year yeah and is that is that because they're so locked in on trying to win that they're actually having the other reactions? Uh, yeah, I
2: know. Are they are they almost like uh, sphincter tightening too much? Exactly. Yeah, is that what it is? Well, because
3: when they were eight and one or whatever, I, I always re- I remember Kelsey saying the locker room's tight and the locker yeah. room's on edge. I believe is, is exactly what he said. Right. And that's not great. I mean, someone has to figure out how to have you know a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of fun. I agree. And I think Siri is supposed to be that. And I think he's tried. Mm-hmm. It's just not worked?
2: No, it certainly has not worked. And, you know, from what the way this started to the way it's finishing is nothing short of uh, of remarkable. And um, in, in not in a good way, that's for sure. And, you know, to be in a position right now where you're likely going to be a five seed, where you were not all that long ago a one and staring at a bye, to be where they are and in the manner in which it's it's unfolded is uh, is unbelievable all right so look who it is in the studio Uh, we are joined by the one and only Seth Joyner Seth first of all happy new year I know we're it's not the circumstances we thought we'd be meeting uh, on uh, sitting here talking about this today but um, good to see you as always let's talk about it man I, I think yesterday is right there with any of the worst regular season defeats I can remember where do you where do you fall on that one
4: Well, I think that's an understatement. You know, this team has just shown all season long that they just, you know, they've been searching and something's been off and something hasn't been right all season long with this football team. And, um, you know, finally I think we can all agree that, you know, this team isn't what we thought it was. You know, And there's got to be some internal things that's going on that's causing this. It's hard to go from a team – it went to the Super Bowl and came within three points. And I get there's some talent deficiencies, but there's something larger going on behind the scenes that we can't see.
2: Mm-hmm. And you talked about this. I think it was after the Seattle game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where you know we all sort of wanted to believe this more than we actually what our eyeballs were telling us, and, and we all sort of convinced ourselves that everything's going to be all right. And they kept trying to tell us all season, yeah, there are wins happening here but everything's not all right. Was this just a matter of time in your estimation, Seth, before it got to this point?
4: Well, it always is. You know, In when you're doing analytical work, or analyst work, I mm-hmm. should say, um, in the media, um, you're looking at things from a holistic standpoint. When you're a fan, you're looking at it, you know, from a, you know, Eyes half shut mm-hmm. because you want the team to do well. And when the team is doing well, they go five and oh and then they stumble and then they go run run off five more and they're ten and one and everybody's like, shut the hell up, you know, we're ten and one. Right. You know. Um but you could see it all the way all the way through. There are very few wins in that ten game window that you can look at and say, Wow, you know, they looked impressive there. They haven't looked impressive all season long. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, things like resiliency and 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 um, determination; those are things that describe a football team that's struggling. You know, they're scrapping and finding a way to win, rather than just, you know, winning in dominant fashion. And um, you know, that's what you heard. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're finding ways to win. You know, we're scrappy. We're you know, we're gritty. We're we're, we're a resilient football team. And that tells me that you know things aren't right. And you, you're just you're really searching, mm-hmm. you know, and you've been fortunate. And the truth is, you know, because they haven't played well all season long, sooner or later those things, like, pile up. They're like little small things along the way that turn into major things. Mm-hmm. And that's where they are right now.
3: Mm. Seth, does this defense lack heart in your opinion? I mean, yesterday was uh, was embarrassing.
4: Well, listen, I, I liken... I liken what I saw yesterday to, you know, when I was coaching youth football, you know, I get my young guys together and I'm, I'm like, listen, I get it. Some kids are bigger, stronger, faster. You know, and you can't do anything about that because you're still growing. Mm. I said, but the one thing that you all can give me and the one thing that you're going to give me is effort. Just give me effort. I mean, if you give me the best that you can give me and that's not good enough, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But at least give me the effort. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see the effort. I see some, some players are trying to give everything that they have. Um, and, some, and some of those players, you know, Jack, just don't have much to give. It's, it, that's just a fact. You know, not trying to be mean or nasty or anything, it's yeah. just a fact. Some of those players don't have a lot to give. But there are some players that's giving everything, and there's some players you watch and they pick and choose when they want to give max effort. And when you watch the San Francisco's of the world and the Baltimore's of the world and these teams that, you know, that sit at the top of the heap, they give max effort all the time. It blows my mind to watch a football team that realizes that, hey, you know, we're in the throes of a Super Bowl run, you know, Nothing else matters. We got three hours out in this field to give everything, you know, in our bodies. And guess what? Then we get to go rest for seven, six days, and then do it all over again. That's the business that we're in. And to not give max effort, not to get, to not give everything that you have, is unconscionable to me, you know. And that that points at coaching, you know, because you got to be able to stamp that fire out when they're not giving the best that they can possibly give. And that's up to the coach. That's up to the coach to send the message, and it's up to the coach to get those players to buy in. And if they don't buy in, then you got to get their ass off your roster.
2: Seth, how do you explain the defensive line? I, I think what you're referring to, the secondary, you can understand you have some young dudes, some dudes who probably shouldn't be there anyway, but the defensive line's a lot of high priced talent. To not be able to get to the quarterback and to get gashed again over 200 yards yesterday in the run game. This is not something I saw coming. How do you explain it?
4: Well, I don't. When I look at them play, I don't get the sense that I don't get the sense that they really trust what they're being asked to do. And I see a lot of, you know, Matt Patricia trying to create some things to remedy what the problems already were. To me, the firing of Sean DeSai was a massive, massive mistake, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And people can look at it any way that they want to. But the truth of the matter is. Matt Patricia was not going to step into Sean Desai's shoes and bring this whole new off defensive philosophy that was going to fix all of our ills. Which just wasn't happening. Yeah. You know, you you're not in week 13, 14, or 15 making that change and seeing anything dramatic happen. The smart thing to do would have been to, you know, have them collaborate in what they were going to do and make those changes along those terms. You know, but to just to fracture the mindset of your football team by taking the guy who's your defensive coordinator, demoting him, putting him upstairs in the box, and having his his consultant mm-hmm. that you hired come in behind him and take over, now all of a sudden you've fractured the mindset of the football team. Right. Because half the team is is still believing in Sean Desai. They love the guy. You heard Darius say, well, you know, we failed that guy. Sure. You know, so how are you supposed to go out and do what it is that you're supposed to do when you don't really believe in what's what's really going on, okay? And now when I watch him, some of these defensive fronts and how they're doing things, these players look confused. The linebackers have no clue where they fit in any of their schemes, okay? I seen them line up in a five-man yesterday, and um, um, Arizona moved the tight end, McBride, McBride. over yep. o- over to – um, Hassan Reddick side, mm-hmm. okay. So now he becomes detached from the defense, and the, and he's in coverage. Okay, the, there was never any conversation between he and the defensive tackle on his side to move out because you're going to be contained. Okay, right. so now you move Hassan Reddick out. The tight end, the ball snap, the tight end runs up and seals Hassan Reddick outside. Mm-hmm. They got the edge because the defensive tackle never moved out. He's still down in a three and here they come running the ball right off the freaking edge. Mm. Now, that's a communication thing. At this late eight, at this late stage of the season, that's something that you would know. That would be an automatic. Right. An automatic if that's something that you've been running all season long. But they're mixing and matching and trying to do all these different things. Why isn't Keely Ringo starting and just leave him in there? Why is he and Eli Ricks rotating in and out? A lot of this makes no damn sense whatsoever, and, Players have got to be confused beyond all confusion.
3: Well, like, what do you make of, of Hassan Reddick dropping back seven times in coverage yesterday? And seven times for, for your best pass rusher? All
4: right, listen, I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But you know, Jack, they can't stop the run in the four man front. Yeah, they have to get in the five man front in order to stop it. So when they get in that front and it's obvious that they're going to pass, he has got to be the guy that's making the adjustment. You don't want BG dropping, even though you saw him drop a couple of times yesterday. You don't want Josh Sweat dropping, but, you know, he's the most athletic. Besides Nolan Smith, he's the most athletic to be able to do that. And when coverage dictates that he has to drop, there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about you know how it has to happen. If that's the check, that's what he's got to do. But why even put your defense in that type of position? Now it's a chess match, you know, four man. Okay, let's run the ball at them. They're in four man and they got too high. They got a light box. They only got six in the box. Okay, let's run at them. Oh, you want to drop seven in the box? Okay, we'll throw it on you. So now it's this constant chess match that's going on that the Eagles, you know, defensive coaching staff has lost in a dramatic way over the last four or five weeks. Seth, when Seth joined her in studio with us, uh, Rob Ellis, Jack
2: Fritz, um, Jack and I have kind of moved the needles. Move for us when it comes to AJ, because we look at it with him not talking, and, and basically he just doesn't want to continue to pour gasoline on the fire, mm-hmm. uh, saying because he clearly isn't happy with what's going on. He made it very clear yesterday when he said to the media, "It's not you guys." How do you view it? I mean, is he is he taking the smart approach by just not making this worse, or what do you think about what's going on with
4: him, Rob? You're old enough to remember being around. You know when I lit into. Co-tight. Co-tight on a continuous basis. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Okay, and and I'll say this. It wasn't just co-tight, but it was also, you know, teammates that in my eyes weren't paying the price. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, it wasn't the right thing to do. In, in, In the least little bit, it wasn't the right thing to do. Because me expressing my displeasure with how the team was being coached or how players were playing you know wasn't going to motivate those players it only made them dislike me right you know and as one of the leaders on the team that's you can't do that so i understand you know why aj you know he's handling it the proper way mm-hmm. you know i didn't handle it the right way And I know what it is. I know how he feels. When you know that your team has the capability, like we were a top-flight defense. Sure. Okay? All we needed our offense to do was give us 10 to 14 points a game, and we knew that we could take care of the rest, and we weren't getting that, and that, that frustration overflowed. A.J. knows that this team has tremendous potential, and he's frustrated right now. He's frustrated in the play calling. He's frustrated in how Nick is running the football team, the messaging that's coming from the coaching staff, and potentially the messaging that's coming from the organization. And he's frustrated, you know. So the best thing for him to do, like my mom used to say, son, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's the best thing that he can do because if, if if people keep pushing 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 if he really opens his mouth this this whole house of cards is really about to
2: crumble i'd say you i never heard you say that before about in you know, particularly 91 or some of the mm-hmm. other years uh, that's interesting yeah I, I it has it's amazing the way that that you know paradigm has shift here shifted here on on aj that's for sure do you feel like the coach has lost this team seth i know it's crazy we're we're less than a year removed from the super bowl does it feel like that for you <sighs>
4: I don't want to go so far as to say that he's lost the team. But I will go so far as to say that there are some players on this team that don't believe in what he's selling anymore. Mm. And that's a dangerous place for him to be. Um, I think the players bought in because, you know, and and players do buy in when you can show them the success. It's not that, listen, you got a 1,000 yard rusher, you got a 4,000 yard passer, and two. Thousand yard receivers, mm-hmm. so there are some signs of success that's actually there. But the frustration, you know, who knows what it's truly all about? You know, I don't think that you know. Defensively, they're just flawed. Offensively, I don't think there's any continuity to what they do. You know, you, you got <laughs> you're you got second second and seven, and. A, a heavy box and you call a quarterback Twice. A quarterback sweep? Twice. Well you got A.J. Brown lined up outside one-on-one, yeah. the most uncoverable slant runner in the National Football League. And that's what you call? So then you can understand why mm-hmm. he's pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like give me a chance to help us win here. Mm-hmm. That's why you paying me on average 25 million bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when that, when those conversations have probably taken place all season long, now he's at a point of frustration, and the team is at a point of frustration because they know what needs to be done. The guys that I feel the most for is guys like Jason Kelsey and, and Brandon Graham, and you know those guys that, and, and Fletcher Cox. Those guys that we're not cognizant of the fact, and these young guys aren't cognizant of the fact that these guys are on the final hole, you know, of their career it could be the final hole, and the difference for them right now, are they on the tee box, or are they tapping in for bogey apart? Mm. That's, that's kind of where it is right now, you know? And it's frustrating for those guys, it's frustrating for all of them, you know? And, and I don't know, the, the, the proof was you got us to the Super Bowl last year, so we're riding with you, coach. But when you see things when you see the team struggle the way that it struggled and they talk about oh we gotta fix this and we gotta fix that and we gotta play better and the standard. What the hell is the standard? We haven't seen the standard all year. So how do we know what the standard is? Is the standard you know, what you produced last year? It's obvious that you're not, you're not getting there. That's on the coach to get you to the standard. It's the, the coach has to give the team and the players the answers and the tools, put the tools in their toolbox to go out and execute what they want them to execute, and these players are frustrated because they can't do it. Mm. They can't do it because they don't feel like they're being put in position to do it. The pieces on the chessboard aren't being played properly.
3: Well, especially because, like, like what would a McVeigh, a Shanahan, like, like what would they be getting out of this offense? Like, they have to be frustrated that they see high flying. I mean, it's kind of felt like this offense has been pulling teeth all year. And I just don't know, like, can they fix it?
4: Well, what's, what's, their, what's their identity? When, when things kind of went sideways yesterday, what did they do? They started running football again. Yep. Okay? So when things go sideways, and this isn't the first time it happened. You know, they struggled through the first two games of the season. And then all of a sudden, they decided to run the football and the offense took off. And then, once they figured out, you know, somewhat what to do in the passing game, then they decided, oh, we're just going to throw the hell out of the ball. We're not going to run it anymore. Mm-hmm. And now that they're at a point where the offense isn't clicking like it should be, when they need to get moving, they start running the football again. Okay. Why are you getting away from what your true identity is? Why don't you just come out and run the football for balance, to get to the run game, to get to the to pass game. Why don't you take what the defense is giving you rather than trying to push the ball down the field? Convert third downs, move the chains, get in a position where you can score every every opportunity. This is what the good offenses do until until you force the defense into a position where you know, they have to do something they don't want to do, and now you get an opportunity to take the deep shots and make big plays down the field. But they keep trying to force you know, a square peg into a round hole, and it is, it's it's just frustrating to watch. I mean, this has got to be the most frustrating, frustratingly talented team that I've watched in a long time, in a long time. I mean, and it's it's sad because you know this this season is going to be a waste. It's going to be a waste.
2: Yeah, and you're right. I mean, we may have seen just back to your point with the with the older guys, the the last home game for Kelsey for BG. You know, for, for, you know, I I think Fletcher might be back, but uh, who knows? Lane could hang it up. To go out like this, it's got to be killing those guys.
4: Well, and I mean, a guy like Kelsey, who's still playing at the top of his game, um, you could use him back next year. Yeah. But he's going to be evaluating the situation and realizing that, you know, this team may be fractured too. And, and this is the other thing. I believe, I believe that, um, I believe the San Francisco. The San Francisco game was a major, major loss for them. I feel like San Francisco stole whatever enthusiasm, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they stole their spirits. They haven't been right since that game. They haven't been able to get it right since that game. Not that they were right before that game. But San Francisco talked junk, told them what they was going to do, rolled up in here, and beat them down. Now, how do you get your team's psyche – back in the right place after a game like that. Then you go to Seattle, you lose a game that you shouldn't lose. Then you, you know, you got your struggle with with the Giants. And and then you come back and you lose to the Arizona Cardinals, one of the worst football teams in the National Football League, when you got everything to play for. If you win this game and then you win against the Giants next week and the San Francisco 49ers drop a game against the Rams, you're the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Now you're perpetually locked into the five seed. That's where you are. And there's no guarantee that you're going to go down, you know, to one of these these other teams' venues and win a football game the way that you've been playing. Yeah.
2: Now, let's get a timeout. We've got Seth Joyner in studio. Unbelievable insights thus far. We'll keep it rolling with Seth. He's with us right up until 10 o'clock. We'll get you involved as well. 215-592-9494. Take a quickie. Continue discussing the Eagles, dissecting what happened yesterday and what's happened to close out this season. Jack Fritz, Rob Ellis, Seth Joyner. WIP Sports Time is 926.
5: it's that time of year cash the ticket Jim Costa with Mike Valeni we shift the focus from football to college hoops getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups
2: and have an eye on some future plays too. search cash the ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts uh you got the gist of it right there welcome back in everybody Rob Ellis Jack Fritz in for the WIP morning crew we are joined in studio by Seth Joiner. Seth all right you heard Nick's explanation and that was essentially f- for that last the second to last drive, this was after the onside's kick where they got it and only got a field goal out of it. Of course, we know what happened after that. Arizona drives down the field. What, what do you think about the justification or the reasoning there for that?
4: Well, listen, I, I get that they were in a tough position um, being second and 20 after the Mal- Malata, you know, Hold. holding yeah. call. But you got to throw the ball down the field. I'm sorry you know if you got an all out blitz then you go to a max protection and you know you got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside and everybody else is you pull them in and you block it up you go 12 personnel and you send you you run two man routes and that's where you got to live. If they're going to bring pressure, that means that you're one on one. Even if they go single high safety, you're going to be one on one on one side or the other. Now it's up to Jalen to start his vision out one way and come back the other way, mm. you know. Um, and and they also got to get to a point. The most flawed thing about this offense is how they handle blitzes. Um, I was talking to somebody just the other day. I'm like, I don't understand how how it is that you don't have. Um, sight adjustments built into your offense. You know, Dallas got it last week against the Giants. He had a guy on his head. He was detached. He had a guy on his head, and the guy came on a blitz, and he ran a go route. Yeah, he's got to run something short so the, he can be the, the, the hot read. Yeah. you got to go five yards and set it down, Yeah, you know, because if Jalen can see that, and, and the guy that was coming to cover him was coming from, like, halves a middle of the field. Mm. I mean, they disguised it well. But to run routes against blitz when you're pre snap reading it, and have you know all four guys running go routes and nobody giving you anything across the middle or giving it's not built into their offense. You're asking the quarterback to miss the one guy that's got a free run at him and then set his feet and make an accurate throw. It makes no sense to me. It's not even built into their offense to operate in that manner. You know, it's not they. They look at blitz situations, Rob. As home run, the explosion plays that they really want. Yeah, and they 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 put it on Jalen to make that free run a miss, and make a a, a heroic throw and, and buy enough time to be able to get it downfield. It's stupidity. Yep. yep, it is so stupid. Sight adjusted, okay. You got A.J. Brown who nine times out of ten. Even if they're in blitz coverage and that guy's playing inside technique, you can run the fade route or he can really press that guy inside, stem him out, and then take the slant. And he's a big body. He's 6'2, 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. There's no, very few cornerbacks can stop him from getting to where he wants to get to. And once he gets that inside leverage on you, you're not stopping him from catching the ball. It's like a basketball play, he's got you boxed out. Mm-hmm you know so some of the things it's like you can't run screens you've proven it all year long that you suck <laughs> at running screens but you and, and and the worst part about it is if you're going to run them put Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard's ass over there to block. Not Devontae Smith. Now, now you, you got your smallest wide receiver, 150 pounds, and you keep putting him in these situations to get blown up. And now you probably lost him for the damn season because you keep putting him in positions to block where he's 150 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the logic of how you even think about that. Well said.
3: It's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's, it's so hard to believe that we're here. Like that's that. I, mean, I, I can't. That's where me and Rob have been like this whole morning. Is like we, yeah. How is this happening? But like, it, it's felt this way this entire year. Where even when they're ten and one, it was like, eh, it doesn't feel you knew that real. Something
2: was off. Yeah, and, and your hope was they're going to get it together, catch yeah. traction, and, and it's gone the
4: other way. <laughs> Jack, I've been listening to you all year. Take a whole bunch of crap from a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Congrats, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I, you know. <laughs> no, hey, listen, I'm I'm saying congrats because you know I've been in the same the same boat. Yeah. You know when I said what I said after after you know the Seattle game, you know some people were like, oh, you know it's easy in hindsight to say that you know that you got kind of lulled to sleep and you got you know tricked into it. You know you weren't saying that when the team was ten and one. Come on, man. Yep. Y'all know me. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it all all season that something ain't right with this team. Yeah. You know. But everybody wants you, you know, the the fan, the fans, the fandom and even people, you know, who are on radio and on TV, you know, that know better, you know, got sucked into it. Mm -hmm. And when I said I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid anymore, everybody got pissed off about it. You know, this is why. It's no different. I don't like to be the guy that tells you I I told you so, you know. But when Carson Wentz, before he went to his funk in week four that year, I said the Eagles got a a quarterback problem. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the studio looked at me like I was out of my damn mind. Mm -hmm. I was like, they have a quarterback problem with him right now. Because it's it's evident. Mm -hmm. You know, when you've been around the game long enough, you can see it. It's It's evident. You know, So when I said what I said earlier in the year, that, yeah, they're winning games, I don't like the way that they're winning because how you win is just as important as, how, as if you win mm-hmm. because the way that you play today and and it is a precursor to how you will perform later down the road. They know because they've been saying it. The coaches and the players alike have been saying it. Something's not right. We got to get it right. We got to figure out to. We got to get to the standard. Mm-hmm. They knew all along. They knew. Yeah. Now this is what you're seeing now is a product of what's been wrong with this football team all season long. Is is
3: that coaching or is it players? Like, what, what do you think the, the the bigger reason is?
4: I think it's a combination of things. I, I I think we live in an era. We live in an era where, you know. It's not the right thing to do to coach players in a hard type of way. You know, Chip Kelly ruined it for this organization because the number one mandate from Jeffrey when they got Chip's ass out of here was, you know, emotional intelligence, okay? We need to deal with the players in a certain way. And I get it, you know. I I'm from a different era. I'm a little bit of a dinosaur because my coach wouldn't wait till his Tuesday or Wednesday press conference to talk about me. He'd go into, you know, a diatribe right after the game was over in his post-game press conference, you know? Yeah. And and didn't hesitate to tell the world how he felt about the way that I played. Mm-hmm. Now, if a coach even intimates that the players aren't doing what they need to do. Oh, he threw the, he, the coach threw the players under the bus, and he's about to lose the team. Well, who the hell is supposed to hold the, the players accountable if the head coach can't do that? And furthermore, show me a player that wants to be great, and I'll show you a player that wants to be coached hard because they want to be great. The ones who don't want to be great, the ones that are here for the notoriety and the money, those are the ones that complain those players down in Washington, oh, Eric Bieniemy, oh, he's too intense. He's too. You don't want to win, you just want to be known as an NFL player, and you want to make the fucking money. Excuse Whoa. me. <laughs> okay, you got that, Francisco. We're good. That's good. all right. Seth's passionate. We know yeah. that. Yeah, you know that. Th- that's what you
2: want. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's the first. Wow. Listen, it's all things falling apart.
4: You know? We're all out of our minds, yeah. Seth.
2: It's not you. It's New Year's. New Year's I Day. just you know, I'm yeah. just like frustrated
4: <laughs> I'm frustrated by it because I'm frustrated by it yeah. because I've been around the game a long time. Right. You know, and I know what it takes to, to be successful mm-hmm. at the pro level. I know the accountability that's necessary. Not all players need to be, you know, reprimanded for when they don't do sure. things right. Yeah. It's up to a coach to like to understand all of his players. Yeah. And learn all his players. Buddy Ryan knew that he could use me to motivate other players. Right. Because I would take what I need to take and the other stuff I'd let go out the other ear. Mm-hmm. And that I was going to go out the following week and prove him wrong. Yeah. He knew that. Yep. But he also knew that he had players that you kind of had to like pat them. Yeah, to the coddle back. some guys you got to pat on the rear end; others you can kick in the tail. Yeah, yeah. but you but but you got to the thing you got to do is you got to hold people accountable, and the players have to be held accountable.
2: Yeah, I want you to hear the soundbite. So Jack and I had Sid, uh, Sidney Brown on yesterday, and he's a rookie, and and obviously he's he's had flashes. He had a great play yesterday on that return, et cetera. But. Um, I just want you to hear the way he kind of lays out what he thinks might be part of the issue here.
5: The main thing is practice habits become game day reality. Um, You don't practice being physical, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't get the result at the end of the day.
2: (laughs) Think about
4: that. I love it. Yeah,
2: pretty pretty self aware for a
4: rookie, right? Listen, the game of football is a physical game, and we've done we've done everything that we could, you know, to make it not so physical, so that the offenses could blow up scoreboards. Okay. It's a physical game. And, you know, these, you got wide receivers that are big and physical. You got tight ends that are big and physical. You got running backs that are big and physical. Offensive linemen. Okay. And if you don't meet physicality with physicality, you don't have a shot. Mm -hmm. And I don't view the Eagles, when I look at them from a defensive perspective, Mm -hmm. they're not physical at all. They're catch tacklers. They want to push you down. They want to push you out of bounds. Yep. They want to lay on you. The linebackers, you know, bring no physicality to the game whatsoever. The defensive tackles, I feel for them because, you know, they get double teamed every single play. You know, you got 600 pounds laying on you. After a while, you're going to get tired. The two guys on the outside, they're sack hungry, you know. So the main thing in their mind is, you know, we need to get to the quarterback. We need to, And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a physical side to the game, like Sidney Brown says. He and Reed Blankenship are the only two guys on the field that show me. And, and I'm, when I'm and I'm talking from the linebackers' back, yeah. Because obviously the guys up front can be physical when they need to be. Mm-hmm. They have to be physical because they play a physical brand of football every single snap. But from the linebackers' back, the only two guys that will lay some wood on you are are the are you Brown know, the, and Blankenship, the, the two safeties. Yeah. Everybody else is. Catch tackling, and, and 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 they just want to push people out of bounds. You know, football is a, is a game of wills. It's my will against your will, and I look at what Patrick Queen said last week, and I tweet retweeted it. He said that you know, not very many teams want to play the brand of football that we play. About mm. the Baltimore Ravens, you know, he's a start linebacker for yep. the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Most teams don't want to play the brand of football that we play. They want no part of that. They want to play this basketball on grass style, you know, style game. And we don't play like that. We're gonna hit you in the mouth. That's football. That's football. Mm-hmm. So I get what Sidney Brown is saying. You get all these walkthroughs, you know. You 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 go through the entire year. You never tackle. You never hit. The only guys that that really get the physicality going on is the offensive and the defensive line because they have to. You know they don't run nine on seven anymore. Where you get your run fits. You know and guys are. Understanding where they fit and the physical side of it for one period, we've overcorrected the game so much that we've taken the physical side of it out because you can only wear pads 12 times every season. <laughs> what kind of, I mean, for a game where you have to be physical and you have to wear pads, how can you negotiate 12 practices a year? A year in pads. It's unconscionable. Yeah. Yep, uh, and we we'll open up the phone lines, Jack. This interesting.
2: See how people are handling today. Justin in Riverside, you're on with Seth and Jack and Rob. Hey, Justin.
1: Hey, hey good morning. Justin, good morning, what's dude. up? Uh, Happy New Year's. Hey, Seth, I'm going to say it right now. Just put the application in. Put the <laughs> application in, please. Because what you're speaking is exactly what I've been trying to say. Um, and it, I, I'm basically coming on to talk about Nick Sirianni and a potential draft pick that I feel like that could help. As far as Nick Seriani, I feel like he's the stepdad that's trying to keep his the kid happy like he's like gonna take on the burden gonna always try and do whatever to keep him happy he he shows no like no no uh like discipline or anything and one of the big parts of this season that was a red flag for me that showed me that was against Miami you know how they do the mic'd up videos against Miami when um Jalen threw that touchdown to Goddard. It was fourth down. He came off the field, and he was like – he said to Jalen, I put the ball in your hands because I trust you. I put the ball in your hands because I trust you. Jalen said, you should. And he just ran off. And how Nick looked at him, he was like, did he really just say that to me? (laughs) Like, there's no respect. They're not saying that Jalen doesn't respect respect him. It's more so that he doesn't show – any type of dog in him. He doesn't show any type of discipline or any type of like, he shows leadership, but it's leadership to like teenagers. It's not leadership to grown men. Nobody fears him on this team. And then my last point was just for the draft pick. I'm gonna just say it, X-Man Junior. I want him, uh, and I feel like he could be a leader. Trot or not, baby. Trot yeah, or absolutely, not. Absolutely,
2: Justin. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. But <laughs>
1: we know the theme.
3: The history
2: is not great but there in it, terms it. of taking I side. know, but
3: it's just so annoying
2: because I, I hate it.
3: Like they, the, the two times they went to the Super Bowl in the last six years, they had good linebacking units. Yep. And this this linebacker unit can't can't stop anyone.
2: I think we may be preaching to the choir. Yeah, here. I know.
3: <laughs> we're in the right audience. Seth,
2: what do you make of Jordan Davis? I know you just talked about how these guys are being leaned on by, you know,
4: 300 pounders, but he's been really quiet. Well, (laughs) a lot of people got mad at me when I made this comment. You know, he's a run stopper. He's a run stopper that's not stopping the run right now. Yeah. Early in the year, he came in, he was fresh, he was in shape and so on and so forth. And he even showed some signs of being able to get after the quarterback a little bit he's giving you nothing right now you know and when you move up in the draft and you take a guy like that he needs to be an impact player like the other guy mm-hmm. you know the other guy is just in a situation where and especially when they're getting their their five-man front he should be dominated because he's head up on the safety i mean on the center he should be eating the centers eating centers alive cutting off run plays you know taking away you know the cutback the cutback lane um i don't know I, when i when i watched this when I watch the whole defensive line play from an interior standpoint, I just don't see, I don't see them have the understanding of how they're they're, they're being attacked and being able to take that away. Like, you know, I, 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 I can remember lining up and Jerome Brown would be down in a three-point stance and he'd turn to me and he'd look at me and he'd be like, hey man, I'm going. And I'd be like, where the hell are you going? You know, but I knew what he was saying because he knew where I belonged. And I knew where he belonged, and if he ever told me that, that meant that he was taking my gap. You take, you cover mine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I see something nine times out of ten, you know, nine times out of ten, he would make a. a, a yeah, a if huge, he
2: did a, it, he was going to make the play. Oh yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But what I see with this defense, these guys line up like statues in a, in a, in a predictive position all the time they never move they don't slant the line they don't run stunts you know on the inside with the defensive tackles to get these double teams off you sugar the linebacker up in the A gaps and you never bring him you know so after a while protection gets to a place where they're like well you know what if he's acting like he's coming and he ain't coming let's just disregard him Hmm. you know so they still get the double team you know so I, I, I just yeah I feel the same way. It's 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 really tough to watch, you know, and it's it's hard to, you know, be an analyst on this team, you know, and then the other side of you be a fan of the team. You want to see the you want to see the team do well for the city, but when you got to sit back and you got to analyze it and you got to tell the truth, then the truth is the truth. Um, it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Let's go to John and Manny. John, you're on with Seth, Rob, and
2: Jack. Hey, hey, John.
5: First of all, before Seth was on the show, I was going to say that you guys had a great uh, Delonte West, Jameer Nelson energy, and then Seth comes in with the old school Phil Martelli talk, and I just it's <laughs> been a joy. It's been a joy thanks, to you guys thanks, so far. Thank you. Couldn't agree with Seth more. I was going to say essentially the team looks soft. You know what? I, I want to come with the coordinators. I want to come with the coaches because the-, the the wheels are obviously coming off the wagon here. But like. A lot of times, people were there to make plays yesterday and just bounced off with really peewee-looking tackling. Like, the tackling from the team is pathetic. When we won the Super Bowl, we had Jay Ajayi and McGarrett Blunt. We had no running attack like that at all. It's all this scream nonsense crap. It looks like flimsy little Oregon Chip Kelly football, and I can't stand it. And I'll tell you what, I'm totally checked out. I'm watching more Flyers than I'm watching Eagles, quite frankly, because at least they're showing heart and they're skating hard. The team looks like they don't even care. And someone made this point earlier, like, the year we won the Super Bowl, that Giants game when we kicked the 60-yard or whatever, that, that everyone rushed the field and stuff, you could tell it had that, like, Sports Illustrated, DVD championship commercial energy right then and there. And this team all year long has been, like, just it seemingly checked out. And now there's anonymous quotes. There's people making snarky comments. One of our significant players just got an injury. The other significant player, that is shaking his head as they walk up the field. They clearly are checked out, dude. And, and, I, and I just... I can't stand it. Last night, I, I, all I could think of after that game was Ryan Howard busting his Achilles and doing the crip walk to first base. Because not only was the season clearly over at that moment, you felt like the team was dead. And that era was dead. And we're going to have to retool and fire everybody. Yep. So that's how I feel. Love the show. Keep yeah. being
2: you. Thanks, Sean.
5: Uh, yeah, take it easy.
2: Appreciate it, man. Well said. Man, that's Look, the fans are, are, man, they're gutted by this, Seth.
4: They are. Well, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, you know, with success comes, you know, great expectation. And there's been expectation for this team to, you know, get back to the Super Bowl. They're built for that and to, you know, finish the deal that they fell short of last year. Um, It doesn't even look like they're going to get past the first round this year. And the fans are frustrated by it.
2: Yeah, they are. They are. Seth, listen, man, appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Fought the uh, parade uh, craziness, and you got in here. How about that?
4: I got a little exercise this morning. <laughs> that's good. I, I, I come down, and my valet guy's like, oh, well, we're not going to be able to get your car out. I'm like, seriously? So I bust out in a little jog. There you
3: go. You still got it, man. You haven't lost a step. Yeah, I mean, that's heart. You know, that's hard. That's, heart. One, that's yeah. one, too.
2: Seth's showing more heart than what we saw yesterday, that's for sure. That's Seth, happy new year, man. We appreciate
4: it. Thanks same, for popping same. in. Same. there, fella.
2: Yeah, you too. You too, man. All right, I want to thank Francisco Rojas, producing the program. Jack was fun, man impromptu but a lot of fun as always I mean,
4: a lot of a lot of Robbie and
3: Jack in the last I like it in the last 12 hours can't
2: get enough can't get enough all right Jack you're back tomorrow in the afternoons yep. and I'll be back Wednesday in the afternoons yep. all right
3: me and I tomorrow
2: yes you and I looking forward to that man for sure all right so don't go anywhere because we have Tom Kelly and Kyle Quinn coming up all right it's gonna be a killer killer show a lot of positivity yes yep. TK's ready all right uh we'll hit it we'll come back with those guys Seth take care man uh all the best Jack it was fun uh thanks to Francisco again and everybody listen have a happy new year uh and we appreciate don't you let throwing guys... it too much yeah you know I mean? enjoy your day today man. yeah, yeah. Enjoy your day. We good college football like games it. that's it that'll get you through it yeah there's, there's stuff right. to gamble on <laughs> always all right everybody have a great rest of your monday uh we'll talk to you soon wfp sports time is 953 how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members
0: in vegas phoenix and rhode island